I'm DJ Psyched, and you're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about reading. You're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. I'm DJ Psyched, and today I'm joined with two of my friends, Gina and Adrian. We are talking about the Harry Potter series, because since the end of March, I have been talking about this series on my podcast, and I finally finished reading all seven books and watching all the movies. So we're here to give our thoughts and opinions on it. So to start us off, I want you guys to introduce yourselves. So Gina, can you just tell me a little bit about who you are, how you got into the series, and what house you're in? All right. So my name is Gina. I'm a grad student at NC State in the English department. Big, big surprise there that I love Harry Potter. And I think I got into it because my older sister, she was obsessed with the books. Um, and she's like the same age as Daniel Radcliffe. So she had a huge crush on him. And so she got all of the books and all of the movies. And every time, like she would just introduce it to me. So that's how I got into it. And I'm a Slytherin. I'm Adrian. I am also going to be a grad student in the fall at NC State. And I graduated from NC State this past spring. I got into Harry Potter in the second grade when my friend started reading it. Um, and then I was like, what's that? And she told me about it. And then I started reading it. Her younger sisters were reading it, which is really impressive because it's like a long like book. Um, and they were younger than I was when I was in second grade. And then I just started reading it and I really loved it. Um, got so into it that I should have worn my Harry Potter shirt. But anyway, I, I like pre-ordered the last book when it came out in 2007 and I got a free t-shirt with it. But yeah, that's how I got into it. Oh, and my house is, um, my house is Hufflepuff. Oh, <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice. I'm Ravenclaw. So we got some representativeness here. But uh, before we get into it, I want to ask like a really off topic question. Have you guys ever been to like Harry Potter land or any of those kinds of places? No, because I'm a broke college student <laughs> and I cannot afford to go to Universal. I've only been to um, like Universal Studios in Japan. So I have, but in Japan. Yeah, it was really fun. Was it different in Japan? I don't think so. Like it had all the decorations, all the shops, like everything looked like I thought it would. I, ha I can't really compare it though because I haven't been to the one in Florida. Everything was the same. Like there were like rides and I don't know. Everything looked the same. There was like a train. Like we dressed up in like robes and took a picture. Like it, it seemed the same, but everything was in Japanese and off topic here. But um, when you're in Japan and you're in Disneyland, um, everything is in Japanese and they don't have any translation. So like if you're riding a ride where there's like a story behind it, you have no idea what's going on. Or if you're like watching a play, you have no idea what's going on. So if you ever decide to go to Disneyland in Japan. No <laughs> Japanese. No Japanese. Good to know. Well, I've talked about it a lot in this series. My family was pretty into Harry Potter. I mean, my older sister like read all the books when they came out. Uh, she stopped around book five because my parents said no more. And I was just lazy as a kid. So I didn't bother reading them. And then I tried to watch the movies sometimes. Like I've seen like one movie or something in my past, but I find the movies to be incredibly confusing on their own. So I didn't, I didn't understand it. But now that I've read the series, I want to talk about favorite stories first. Like what's your favorite Harry Potter book or movie? Like story in general. So... I used to always tell everyone that my favorite Harry Potter book was the fourth book, just because there's so much that's going on, like the whole Triwizard Tournament, and then you see all the different schools. So it's kind of like, because there's so many new characters, there's so many new um, 
it's like fun events and you get to see more of like the world, more of the wizarding world, like because you're just kind of confined to um, Hogwarts as a one school. But then you see two different schools from like different places come in and you see like dragons, you see more characters. So I really like the fourth movie, uh, a book, book. And I think my favorite movie is probably just the first one, just because everyone's like really cute and like young. And it's, I don't know, it's it's a nice like start. I, I don't know. Interesting. Okay, well, I guess my favorite, um, my favorite movie used to be Goblet of Fire as well for the same reasons, just because, well, no, movie, not book. I liked, well, the book is also really inclusive about, like, the Wizarding World, and I thought that was really cool, but I think the movie, that's when it kind of really, like, opened up for me, and so I really liked that, but as time went on, my favorite ended up being Half-Blood Prince because it felt kind of fan fiction-y, the movie, and I really enjoyed that, like, you see all, like, the tensions, like, Harry's going through all of his, like, you know, drama with Voldemort in his head, and then you also have, like, you know, just all, like, the teenage angst and romance happening, so that's what I liked about the movie, but also just because it is, you know, the pinnacle of Snapeness, so I thought that was really great about that movie, but in terms of books, I guess I would have to say potentially the last one, I don't know, that's just the one that just sat with me the most, but I also have to give a shout out to the third movie for Prisoner of Azkaban, because I really appreciate, um, I forget what the director's name, Del Toro. He just changed it up a lot, and I can talk about the sound editing with that, but I can talk about that later, but I need to give a shout out to three. Okay, I'm glad you both mentioned, like, how your favorite changes over time and all that. I want to ask this before we go any further. Have you guys ever reread the series, or do you just rewatch the movies? And how many times, if you have? I don't even know. I've reread the books so many times. Um, I think I owned all of them except book two. Um, I, I don't even read them in order though because I like move from Hong Kong to here. So like I have like seven here, seven, one and two here and three, four. And you know, it's like, I don't even know where they are right now but definitely reread them. I think I'm not as familiar with the movies. I'm more familiar with the books, if that makes sense. I've definitely read the books more than the movies, seen the movies. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I watch, I probably watch the movies at least once a year if not once every like two years like I do like Twilight and Harry Potter I'll watch both of those movies like once every year Annual Twilight event. yeah Twilight two times a year but yeah the books I've only I've read a few like again when I was younger but it has been a few years since I've read the series but I was planning to do that in quarantine so hopefully I can reread the books again and things might be different so I might not have as good of a memory of the books as Adrian. Yeah, and your next series might have to be Twilight, Leanne. Yeah, I think I talked about that with uh, Gina once. (laughs) Yeah. I actually read that series. Really? Okay, well, we'll be back on for Twilight in a few months. Gina listens to the soundtrack in her car. Like, every time I go in there, it's always Twilight soundtrack. Heck yeah. It's amazing. Okay, but that's good to know, because I was... I only ask that because, I mean, like I said, this is my first time ever watching all the movies and reading all the books. And I find it really, like, honestly, it's really hard for me to go back and recall things because I just started this journey four months ago. So, I mean, you guys are going to have to carry this, honestly. Like, I can't, I can't remember the stories that well. I've only heard them once. But from what I remember, I would have to say that apparently my thoughts are very unoriginal because Goblet of Fire was totally my favorite for the reasons that you both cited. Like, it was cool. It was the most, like, evolved of all the books so far. You got the most world building. There was so much happening. You got to see all these different schools. And also, it was just a fun concept. Like, I think the 
Triwizard tournaments was like the most adventurous thing that had happened in the series so far. And I like that the series kind of does have a way of one-upping itself every book. Because personally, like when I was reading it, that's how I felt at least like each book was better than the last. So I do agree that like when I finished the series, the last book stood out to me because it's the one I finished. It's ending on top. It, it, was, it was a solid read. And I agree. I like Snape a lot. I guess now it's time to talk about least favorite stories, if you have one. When I was younger, I thought Order of the Phoenix, the fifth one, was so boring. It was like my least favorite one. Um, but now I think it's like, I, I like understand why it's there and like why the storylines are needed. But when I was younger, I hated that one. Like that was definitely my least favorite one. It wasn't hard for me to choose at all. It was just really <laughs> boring and like long and I didn't understand it. Yeah, I agree. I'd say like Order of the Phoenix, same, because like it, like, looking back, I do understand why they had it, and I, I can understand, like, Harry's character development in that book and movie more, and, like, what he was going through, and, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense, like, he was just, like, a kid going through a lot of trauma, and, like, that's why he's acting the way he was, but, like, when I was reading it, I was kind of like, wow, why is Harry being a dick all the time, and I was like, why is he like this, and when I was a kid, not facing that kind of angst, I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's really funny because even though I was like, I don't know, do they have a least favorite? I wrote Order of the Phoenix on my notes too. <laughs> I couldn't stand Umbridge. Is that how you say her name? Yes. I could not stand yeah. Umbridge at all. She ruined the whole book for me. I was painfully reading through it. I think that one might have been the longest for me to read because I was not inclined to pick it up like the other ones. <laughs> Like Interesting. It was, it was hard to read. And I, I completely agree with the Harry um plot like the Carrie's character development and how difficult it was to read because upon first reading like I mean I've only read it once but while I was reading it initially I was very very annoyed with Harry I was like oh my god you're making this hard to read why are you acting this way but then yeah you're right like when you look back at all the stuff he went through he was a kid and he just saw someone that was close to him die and he thinks it's all his fault and he thinks that the world is in turmoil because of him and it's like yeah I'd probably be acting like that too <laughs> Yeah, but fun fact about Umbridge, though, um, I love that, um, what's her name, Amelda, Amelda Swinton, I think is her name, the actor who plays Umbridge, she and um, McGonagall, um, Dame Maggie Smith, they were both in the Downton Abbey movie together, and it kind of felt like Umbridge versus McGonagall all over again, and I loved it so much, so if you like, if you like their face-offs in the movies and the books, you should watch the Downton Abbey movie, and watch Downton Abbey. All right. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will. I don't, I struggle saying her name, so I'm not even going to try, but that's my favorite professor at Hogwarts. Mick, Mick McGonagall? Yeah. yeah Mick something, the McMuffin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. So now that we know favorite movies and stuff, I want to talk about favorite scenes from the entire series because I have a lot of favorite scenes. So what, what are some scenes that stick out to you and why were they your favorite? I think for me why I said the first um, book or movie I guess was the one I liked the most um, was just because like seeing the whole world like in front of you like seeing um, them going shopping um, seeing Hagrid like tap the bricks and stuff and just that was just like your introduction to the world like that I can just picture that in my head right now and I, I loved that. I think maybe it would be like Goblet of 
the Goblet of Fire because like they I mean the movie had a lot of really good clips like I know even now I still say like good job moral fiber <laughs> like um there's just little things like that that stick out to me as like my favorite scenes it's mainly just like lines that stick out to me like a lot of things Snape says like so I don't know if I'd have like a specific scene per se it's more just like lines that like carried into the movies that are very like stand out to me yeah I mean there were definitely a lot of scenes that I think stood out to me just I don't know I mean I just recently read it so it's probably like a little easier for me to recall some scene by scenes that stood out especially since it was my first time reading it because I I thought these scenes kind of made the story unique. Like I really love when Fred and George left Hogwarts. I thought that was an epic scene. Like it looked epic in my head the way I played that one out. I was, I mean, I liked it in the movie too, but I think that like, yeah, in the book, it was like this huge epic, like this big moment. That was a good scene. And um, I think learning about Scabbers I mean, I knew nothing about Harry Potter before I started reading this. Absolutely nothing. I had no idea what the plot was. I knew that Voldemort existed, but I really didn't know the plot at all. So, Did you know anything about, like, deaths or anything? No, everything was at a surprise. I, wow. Nothing was spoiled for me before the series. So when I read that, I remember, like, sitting in bed, and I still had a good chunk of the book to go, but I refused to stand up until I finished it because it was <laughs> blowing my mind. <laughs> I did not expect that at all. So I thought that scene was pretty epic. Like you find out who Scabbers really is and there's like the whole, what, the, the whomping willow tree. I, th- I thought that thing was such a cool like scene, like just a cool place to have it. I don't know. And then the tale of the three brothers. I thought that was really, really well done. It, it really put the world together, like to have like a folklore from their place or whatever. And it was done so good in the movie. Like I really felt like I was watching like a fairy tale at that point. Mm. It also set up, um, uh, it was also set up for a JK Rowling, 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 I don't know. I think it's rolling like bowling, <laughs> right? It, it also set it up for her to like continue writing books after the series, which is maybe why she added that, like that whole mythology, folklore, fairy tale thing. Yeah, I was going to ask, are you going to later on read the tales of Beetle and Bard? I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, that's like the, so like in the last, in Deathly Hallows, that's like the folklore where like the oh. three brothers, it comes from that. The like, book that Hermione story. got? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Babbity Rabbit. I didn't know that they, I didn't know she had released that. That's yeah. Interesting. And also like Quidditch Through the Ages and like there's but one more book. There's no, there's no need to read Quidditch Through the Ages because <laughs> I'm, I'm not too fond of Quidditch to be honest. Really? I don't have, like, really strong opinions. Like, I thought it was fine. Like, I don't know. Oh, wow. That's kind of surprising, actually. Because, like, I mean, I mean, it's not the, like, best thing in the series. And it definitely, like, it was such a big deal in the first few books. But then in the last few, it just doesn't exist at all. It felt like Quidditch was more like a plot device rather than an actual aspect of the books. Like, it felt more like it was just, especially in the movies, too. Like, it was just used to, like, you know, show you what's going on in Harry for a quick second or like highlight like the other characters that are important like Cho or Draco but it wasn't ever like the Quidditch had any material consequences in their lives besides like house points but that wasn't really like delved into or cared about that much. Yeah I remember like every time I read the series and I don't know where like I just try to try and predict what happens like either they win or like Harry like hurts himself like those are the (laughs) two outcomes 
Um, and then just now when you're talking about how you didn't like Quidditch, it made me think of one of the scenes I like hated, like I dreaded watching. I think I, I just really hated watching the um, Quidditch World Cup and how, um, how like the dark mark and all that plays out. Like I just, I don't know why, maybe I was like scared or something, but I just don't like that whole oh, scene. And the opposite where it's like, I was kind of mad in Goblet of Fire, like, the movie, because they're, like, it was a whole thing about, like, you know, there's, like, a raid, like, basically a terrorist attack, and then in the movie, they just skip from the the Quidditch World Cup, which you don't even get to see, and then terrorist attack, and I'm, like, there's a whole gap in between that I would have liked to see. Yeah. I think I was just scared as a kid. I I agree with Gina on that one, too, because I just, like, I, when I read it in the book, I thought it was a pretty epic scene, like, world cup it was such a big deal and then there was all this crazy stuff happening but in the movie it was like you you would have no idea how significant that scene was if you just watched the movie and it also bothered me like this is something we can talk more about when we get into characters but it really bothered me that the house elf who had caused it wasn't in the movie at all like they totally skipped over her character and put the scenario on a different character just to like not have to bother putting that character in which i understand they have like they have to do these things when they make the movies for time purposes but it bothered me to no end whenever they would like give a character's like story to a different character just to save time right or like if they gave a character's line to somebody else and so like that person seemed like less smart or like less helpful you know yeah. You mean Ron? I feel like for me, I always felt like um, Rupert Grant did something to piss off David Yates because David Yates was just like, nope, you're not going to get any of your good lines or your smart <laughs> lines. You're not going to get them. We're going to dumb you down. So I feel like David Yates hates Rupert Grant. Probably. Also, when you're saying like they skipped over um, a lot in like Goblet of Fire, I also feel like I felt cheated because the movies didn't include Ludo Bagman, who I feel like was a good red herring. And I was just like, the red, I mean, maybe they didn't want to, like, make it feel like Philosopher's Stone, but I feel like they should have kept the red herring of Ludo Bagman. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he feels, like, I, I understand, like, if they got wit, uh, got rid of um, Peeves or, you know, like, other minor characters, but I feel like he was, like, bigger, you know, bigger than just Peeves. Like, he actually had, like, stuff to do and things to say, like, you know, I don't know. Well, if you want to move that conversation into the romance scenario, because I think the movie's got the romances all wrong. <laughs> what are your ships? Well, I think, well, I'll just say the ones I think the movie did wrong. Like, the movies got Ginny and Harry wrong. I don't think that Bonnie Wright and um, Daniel Radcliffe had any chemistry. I don't know if the director just didn't give her enough, like, instruction or like cues and stuff but they just didn't have any chemistry they've largely skipped over it and also their whole relationship and like um whenever it started there was just like a whole bunch of stuff that got skipped over and they were just together in half-blood prince and i was just like they don't even announce that they're like a couple so i think they did a disservice with that but i think the movies gave some good cues towards some Dramine, some draco and hermione which i do ship <laughs> can you share those cues oh well like i don't know i just feel like they have really good interactions and also in the third also the third movie third book because you know she punches them in the face and i don't know i just thought like <gasps> oh, it was the first time that someone has touched draco and draco probably was irrevocably changed because hermione punched him you ship them because she hit him <laughs> No, I ship them because they're both really intelligent, and I think that they both have, like, 
similar personalities that would work well together. Like, she does not need a nice, like, you know, family man or something like that. She needs someone like Draco who's, like, you know, about his bag and is about what he wants to do. Really? I thought Draco was kind of a... He may have been smart, but near the end of the movies, you see that he's, like, a big coward and he's not... I don't think of him as headstrong at all. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, think, like, I think Hermione deserves better. I think she deserves yeah. Neville. There's mine. It's <laughs> Neville. <laughs> Neville? <laughs> Neville, yeah. Okay, but I, I like, like Neville and Luna. Yeah, I do like Neville and Luna. And like when I was re-watching the series with my partner, he was saying that like he, because he, he never read the books and he was just saying how you just saw, like, Luna and Neville as, like, a thing, and I was like, oh, I guess I never really thought about that. But the movies did heavily, like, indicate towards that. Really? But I don't Although, think they ended up together. They didn't. He ended up with Hannah Abbott. Hannah, Although yeah. I have a really good argument for Harry and Luna, because the book, because, like, the movie, because he spends so much time with Luna, and, and it seems like she's the only one who understands Harry, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of good moments, and so she has that understanding of Harry that a lot of people won't have, and she sees him beyond, um, just being the boy who lived and the person who's going through all this stuff and someone who's lost their parents like they bond over losing a parent so or losing parents and so I don't know I think there could be a strong argument for Harry and Luna. I see that too I never really thought about it but I, I can see that too especially with um how he was so confused like nobody else saw the thrustals yeah. except Luna and himself and she was like teaching him about it and he was so confused and and, and even in the last movie that we just watched last night, um, she was the one who was, like, helping him with the diadem and finding that and everything. So I could yeah. see that. I actually like that more yeah. than him Jenny. I like that, too. And it would make mine work, like Neville and Hermione, if, <laughs> if Harry yeah, you with want Luna. them together. <laughs> yeah, why? I think that just because, I mean, honestly, the only reason I don't ship Ron and Hermione is because I think Ron, he's not mature enough for her. Like, I think that it shows time and time again in the series that, like, they they bicker a lot and they have all these arguments. And I think he's just, like, as a character, I think he he's just not mature. Like, it shows a lot in his character. He, he's the one that turns on them all in the last book. He's the one that struggles the most with certain things. Like, he's he's way below her maturity level. So why did they end up together? I think it was kind of cheap for them. Like, like why would Hermione settle for this this kid who's not on her level? But anyways, I think that, I think that... Uh, Neville is he's more on her level like he seems really intelligent he's into he's smart he's similar to her I guess in the first few books you know in the first few stories she's just this really smart girl who's just going around being smart he's like that but shyer I don't know I think they'd be cute together I don't really like Ron that much I'll be honest like his character is not one of my least favorites but he annoys me the most through the series I think maybe you've been influenced too much by the movies yeah, but if I had to rank the Weasleys, though, I guess, like, I wouldn't put him the highest. Well, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't either. There's so many better Weasleys. Jenny would be pretty high up on a Weasley tier list. Yeah, book she has Jenny. some really good lines. Yeah, book Jenny, not movie Jenny. Book Jenny, Jenny, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like, honestly, like, I totally agree with what you're saying about the Harry and her romance, because... I hardly remember her from the movies at all. Like, I barely know what the actress looks like because I feel like she really didn't exist in the series. Like, she kissed Harry once, and I was confused because I was like, y'all have never interacted before. (laughs) I didn't like it. It was in the room of requirement or something, right? And it was, like, all quiet. I did not like that at all. I was like, ugh. And then their kiss in the movie that we watched, or was that in the first part? I don't know. In the one of the seventh movies or whatever, they kissed again and, like, 
I think what was it Fred was in the room or something that kiss was just really forced and awkward like it just Aww. didn't feel genuine at all like it was like why did you kiss do you know yeah. each other well, like that <laughs> and time, also like I was gonna say that time he like she tied his shoelace and that was supposed to be intimate and I was just like <laughs> that's just weird uh, and also at the um, end of the second part two of the seventh movie, when um, he was like dead in Hagrid's arms, and she she just like jumped out from the crowd and was like Harry or whatever. It was just I don't uh, I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad we can agree on that. Yeah, I'm glad we. Yeah, I hated their romance. Like, okay, I mean, in the book, I think it was better, but it still felt kind of sudden, like. Because, you know, he was, he was really hung up on Cho for the longest of time. And he mm -hmm. kind of ignored her in the first few books because she was meant to have, like, this huge crush on him. And then he kind of forgot about her. Like, that whole storyline was really overlooked in the movies. But it also, like, to me, in the books, it just felt awkward. Like, why did he randomly decide to just start liking her? Like, I feel like that was just kind of, like, it was just said one day that, like, he liked her now. And then they just rolled with it. Yeah, I feel like if they had played more on the fact that she understands, like, Voldemort being in your head from when she was possessed during the second book, second movie, like, I feel like they really could have built off of that for them bonding the same way. Because they gave so much to Luna and Harry and just their friendship alone. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for him and Ginny, they really could have built upon the things that they had in common and shown that she can truly understand Harry as well as a partner. I don't know if I have any more ships, honestly. Well, do you have any crack ships? Um... Yeah, I just thought of this, but I think it would be awesome. What if Snape and Mick, whatever her name is, were McGonagall? <laughs> no! She's, she was his teacher. She's so, she's older than him. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't like that at all. People can ship Dreary, but I can't ship that. <laughs> yeah, I know. What are your thoughts on the Dreary? I'm not against it. There are some, uh, there are some better pairings that I would prefer for Draco and Harry but like I can see it I ship in like a distant future when they are of age I definitely ship like potentially one day like maybe Albus and Scorpius being together I was like it's like I could see that so okay and also I mean I know you're not going into that but a lot of people were upset in Cursed Child because they thought that there was like a heavy you know idea that Scorpius and Albus could have been a couple but then she just ruined it. So is the cursed child about their kids? I didn't pick. I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, the cursed child is kind of just like an auxiliary story about everyone, like a bunch of years later. So like all of the Harry Potter, the trio, and everyone—they're adults, and then their kids are like starting Hogwarts. So it's like a bunch of stuff having to do with that. But she kind of—I wouldn't just say disregard it because she kind of retcons a lot of things from the series, and it's just not many people enjoyed it. Plus, it's a two-part play. So you have to buy two different tickets, go to the show on two different nights. So, did you see it? No, I haven't. But I've, I've just, I've just like heard people discussing it. I didn't, I didn't know it was a play. I thought it was a book. It is oh, a book, no, but it's like their manuscript. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> moving from relationships just into characters, who are your favorite characters, and have they changed over the years? Slash, did they change as you like? progress through the series i feel like i've always kind of had the same favorite characters which would be snape hermione and draco i think 
yeah, I feel like it's always just been the same. Like, I've always liked Snape, I feel like, from the beginning, even whenever, even during the books. Because, like, I also did not read the books in chron- I did not read the books as they came out. I read them shortly after a bunch of them were out, like, towards the end of the series. Because I always watched the movies, but not the books. So I kind of already, like, had a good feeling about Snape. So I wasn't like other people who were, like, caught up with the books who knew, who were like, oh my god, Snape is a bad guy. And then eventually we're just like, whoa, there's a change. So I kind of always liked Snape as a character. And I always like Hermione, probably because I feel like a lot of, like, young nerdy teens relate to Hermione because they're like oh she's like super into books and she's super smart and she doesn't give a shit what other people think and I think she's just like a really good like you know feminist icon so I think a lot of people probably like Hermione but I really like Draco and I feel like that's grown over time and I feel and now I really feel like he should have had a redemption arc and JK Rowling had all this pieces there to give him a redemption arc but then she didn't and I could kind of understand why some people would have preferred if Draco got a redemption arc over Snape. I'm glad Snape got a redemption arc, but I think that Draco really could have had one too. I really liked Hermione. I, for all the reasons that Gina said, I don't know, I just thought she was like really smart and she actually helped the series so much, I think, as a character. And I don't think the trio would be anywhere without her. Like she saved them so many times and she's just amazing like in the in the bank in when they were doing that um when they fell into that like bed of the the plants that was like that were repelled by like sunlight do you remember that in the devil's fluffy yeah mm -hmm. devil's snare yeah she's just saved them so many times that I feel like she's super important and I don't really think that changed over throughout the series she's always been there I don't know. I've always really liked Fred and George too. They were always like good, like fun um, characters and they always had like new things going on with them. Like for example, that bet that they had going with Ludo Bagman or like their joke shop and just like, they had so many things going on that like added to the story and didn't like distract or anything. I really liked them. Yeah. I agree with all the Hermione love because uh, she was definitely one of my favorites too. But I think she kind of surprised me as a character because even though I didn't have a whole lot of information about Harry Potter before I started, like I really didn't know anything, I did know that she was a popular character. So like I was really shocked when I first started reading the series because book one, Hermione, is nowhere near like the character that we get later on in the series. You know, she's not even really a part of the friend group. Like it starts out with Ron and Harry and they're kind of like dissing her. And I didn't really expect that. I thought it was mm -hmm. interesting to see her character develop. And I think once her character did become more of like a friend and then just that smart kid, like her character quickly became like a favorite because she was, she developed way faster than the other characters. So I thought she was an interesting character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do like Draco. I really enjoyed his character and I agree that he definitely, I was expecting more to happen at the end of the series with him because of just how much buildup there was in his character changing, right? Like he was, at first he seemed unapologetically like, oh, Death Eater, but then obviously he was, he had his regrets about being that way. He had his regrets about joining the Dark Lord and how his family was, but it was never, nothing was ever done with it. It's like he literally just walks away holding his mom's hand and it's like, are you, you and Harry good now? I mean, he's, you yeah. saved each other's life in this book, yeah. but. Like he walks away after hugging Voldemort and he's on the platform no, with Voldemort a child now. Him. Oh, okay, Voldemort yeah, yeah. And he makes that weird grunt. Do you remember that, Leanne? <laughs> weird Ooh. grunt. Yeah, he made a weird grunt after he hugged him or walked 
Oh, quick okay. segue though. Weird noises in Harry Potter. Wait, can you, like, it's really funny how in um, Order of the Phoenix, when they're in the movie, when they're like doing like the things between like Voldemort being in Harry's mind, there's like one moment where it looks like Voldemort's in like a photo shoot and he goes, ah! <laughs> I know, like I paused it and it's so funny. I love it. I can find it on YouTube for you later. Okay, send it to me and I'll edit it in here. So yeah. someone's found, someone has liked it so much that they've made a clip of it and posted it on YouTube and other people have enjoyed it so much that they've found the same clip on YouTube. Yes. That's how I've spent the last, like, week or two since I finished reading the series, is just watching YouTube videos about the series. <laughs> yeah. So that's been but, fun. But what you were saying before about, like, Draco, like, I definitely agree with that, because I feel like J.K. Rowling had so much space for, like, talking about, like, how war affects children, and, like, Draco was, like, the perfect example of that. Like, she just has so much momentum with that, and, like, what you are saying, like, how he originally he just seemed like an all unapologetic like racist and like you know he just seems like the bad guy and he's with them but then over time you see that you know he was only like that because of his parents and because of the environment that he grew up in and over time he realizes that he doesn't want to sacrifice himself or his family for this racist dictator and I feel like it's a very timely thing to learn in this day and age with all the things going on in the world right now. Yeah I, I, I also agree I think the series was definitely trying to say things and it did say a lot of things and there were some moments where it, it kind of lacked like it could have said more anyways <laughs> <laughs> glad that no one will let anything ruin what is a beautiful series with a really good lessons because also like aside from just the main storyline of like accept everyone Dumbledore just drops a random intense wisdom a lot um, he seems like a philosopher with some of the stuff that he says he does. I'm not too fond of Dumbledore, though. You're not? Interesting. Okay, yeah. well, we're, we just did favorite characters, and now we're talking about not-so-great characters. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't like Dumbledore. I understand, like, you know, he almost was, he could have been Voldemort very easily. Like, he and Grindelwald, when they were working together, like, it's not like he had the best ideas for Wizarding Society. Like, you know, he had some questionable ideas. And just because of society and the, and the hand he's been dealt, like, you know, eventually it turned so that he was like the champion for the light but he definitely was manipulating all of these children all of these people in this war and I get it some people could argue that you know he was just being a general in the war and he had to make sacrifices where he could and of course he had to sacrifice Harry but I genuinely believe that there are better ways to go about that instead of manipulating children because their Harry's entire experience at Hogwarts was just him being manipulated and trained by Dumbledore to fight Voldemort like you know the whole thing with like um the Chamber of Secrets like Dumbledore just set up a whole test for him like it was and they easily could have been hurt or died in any of those scenarios and it just I don't know I feel like there wasn't enough not comeuppance but just like acknowledging the good and the bad in Dumbledore because I just I don't know I just don't condone manipulating children. Do you have any thoughts on that Adrian? I mean, I feel like I don't feel as strongly as Gina does about this. I don't know. I think I kind of agree that Dumbledore confused me near the end of the series. Like I was like, I really, I'm looking forward to the day I reread this. Cause now that I have an understanding of the story, I feel like I'll take a whole lot more out of it the second time. But just from a first read, I think there was this image of Dumbledore as like, oh, he's like, all good, all knowing, all like wise. But then at the end, 
it kind of tarnishes his image to find out that he was convinced the whole time that he really wasn't saving Harry. Like, I understand, like, I don't totally hate his character because I understand, like, what he was doing. Like, he was looking out for the greater good of the wizarding world, but also that greater good thing, as we know, is, like, even in their world, it's, like, kind of a a touchy thing because should you really go around risking kids' lives? You know, even though in the end, technically, like, you might be saving a bunch of wizards, like, do the ends justify the means like that's it's that's a whole conversation in itself but it was just like really harsh to see that like even though Dumbledore says in the end like well it was all part of the plan like you had to think it was genuine it had to feel real to you the fact that he never even hinted to Harry that like he wasn't telling him all of the truth that there was some mystery like he I feel like he could have done a better job of letting Harry know that he can't tell him everything and that Harry has to figure stuff out on his own instead of just making him think that he had given him the full story and like tricking him into finding the truth. Because it confused Harry that he thought he could trust him. And then he finds out after his death that he wasn't supposed to trust everything. He was supposed to figure it out himself. Right, no, I see that. It's the same thing with Snape too, because he like, you know, Snape, this whole thing was like, I, to atone, I will protect Harry for, you know, Lily, for Lily's sake. And he was doing all this, putting time and energy, being a double spy to like, you know, protect Harry. And then at the end, Dumbledore's just like. She looks really like you're in too. <laughs> yep. It's, it's not just you. You said you see that? I mean, I see it because like, because in the end, like there is a lot of stuff that he knew that he just kind of, like, let Harry not know about, like, he knew a lot of stuff, and he just doesn't share it, and that's, I don't know, I mean, we're, we're supposed to, I feel like she wrote it for us to, she wrote the book with us wanting us to like Dumbledore, yeah, because he's, like, framed as the greatest wizard alive, like, he's so wise, like, whenever Harry's in trouble, like, everyone needs to go find him, like, you know, how, like, he's traveling or something, and they're, like, go get Dumbledore, you know, when something bad happens, he's always the one. And like when um, they were fighting in the Ministry of Magic with the, with Voldemort in there, like when Dumbledore came, he was like the only one that like Voldemort feared, right? Yeah. So I feel like he was written to be someone that we should like. Um, so it's hard to think the other way, I think. Yeah. I I mean, the thing is, I feel conflicted in his character, but I don't dislike his character by any means like he's not like one of my least favorite characters I just he was like a character that I really really enjoyed but near the end I feel like there was so much gray area that I was like yes I enjoy Dumbledore as a character but he lost some of that spark in the last few portions of the series so yeah I I don't really know how to put it I, I don't dislike Dumbledore as a character but I definitely don't see him the same way after the series ended as I did because like I really was so into Dumbledore halfway through the series and then after the last book I kind of feel like I don't know I'm questioning that allegiance yeah well Gina what you missed was me saying that like I think he was written for us to like him because like he was the greatest wizard ever like alive or whatever and like Dumbledore I mean Voldemort feared him like all those things so it's like hard to I guess, think on the other side of things. But I also see where you're coming from, where it's like um, how he knew so many things, but he just never shared them and was like waiting for it to come to light, like in its own time. Um, So that was definitely frustrating. Yeah, that makes sense. He was definitely a complicated character. So I definitely think J.K. Rowling did a good job with that. 
And before- Yeah, and there's there's so much like backstory too, like with his family and stuff that um, you see slowly towards the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I, before, you, before you left, you did start mentioning Snape, which is good because I, I want to get into that topic of conversation. Is Snape good or bad? What are your thoughts? Well, my deeply held strong opinions are that Snape is a war hero and I feel like they just do not acknowledge Snape enough for the sacrifice that he did. And I understand that people say like, oh, well, he was in love with Lily and she didn't return it. And like, he like people just think it's weird that he was like holding on to this love for like a girl for so long. But honestly, like, I think it means a lot more because like, you realize that like Snape is neglected and abused and bullied and uh, he had a horrible life. And so there's no, it's not very surprising that he kind of fell down a dark path and that, you know, it was kind of hard to pull him back from and not even friendship, not even love could really pull him back when you were just spiraling out of control. And I really think that he shows that you can grow into a better person and you can grow to be beyond your largest mistakes. And I also think that for, um, there's something else I was gonna add. But I don't know, for Snape, like, the one thing that made me really sad was that I feel like he doesn't get enough recognition. Like Harry understands and Hermione and Ron know what happened and they know the sacrifices that he did, but the greater wizarding world doesn't take that seriously. And the other part is that the books are mainly around Harry's perspective. So you don't really see all like, cause like, I know it's their children's books, but he was a double agent. So he probably was being tortured. Like, you know, Voldemort was like a terrible dictator. He was probably torturing them, harming him. He had to pretend that he was with Voldemort, but also a double agent with like Dumbledore. So he probably was very psychologically damaged and had PTSD. And that's why he was mean. Because I know some people can never forgive Snape for being rude to Harry and Hermione and insulting Hermione's like teeth and, and like, you know, being rude to Harry and like bullying Neville. And I know people get really upset about that, but I just want people to know that Snape probably had PTSD and he just never was meant to teach children but he had to and at least he did not physically maim them interesting argument what about you Adrian I mean okay so I don't like love him but I don't hate him either but I could see both sides um probably more like I could definitely argue for like Snape isn't a good guy but like I see all that like he has done a lot you know like it's really hard to be a double agent, especially with like such two, two really powerful people. And it's really hard to like, um, you know, pick sides, like stay neutral or help one side more than the other when you're so like deeply involved with both of them, with both sides. Um, and I do think that he deserves more recognition, especially because he does like, he does a lot of things that Dumbledore tells him to like killing him. And like, he, he has done a lot. But I also see that that whole, like, he is such a bully, Gina. He is so mean, like, with the whole, like, Hermione's teeth thing, where, like, she had them out or something. Yeah, they got, or, like, they got engorgiated or something. Yeah, 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 and I, he, he's just really mean to, like, Neville, and, like, unnecessarily so, and he just, like, bullies his students, and you're right, he isn't meant to be a teacher he's probably a terrible teacher and he tells people that like they can't do what they want to do like there's no way you could do this like he's like an he's like an active like challenge an obstacle in people's like paths so in that regard I don't think he's the best person and then you move on to the whole thing about him and Lily and how he like has done everything because of Lily and like I just think I'm just kind of like talking about all the things that you already mentioned, Gina. Um, 
but like how um in the end like right when he's dying he's like telling harry to like look in his eyes because he has lily's eyes and it's just really weird how like everything he's done is for her well i mean i get it because like maybe he's like young and like he, he he's just kind of like attached himself to her because she was like one of the only people who like was actually kind to him so i understand that but i just i don't know how i feel about him like and then him like hating Harry because he looked like Lily and Lily died because of him. And I don't know. I think he just has a lot of things to, he needed to process and he definitely shouldn't have been a teacher because he like made a lot of people's lives there traumatic. Yeah. I mean, hurt people hurt people. I'm not saying like, there's no excuse. He is a very bad, like I will not say he's a good professor. He's not a good professor. Do I think he's a good person at his core? Yes. I think it was just really unfortunate. And I wish the, books and movie kind of emphasized that more that he was only a teacher because he was a double agent and he had to be near Dumbledore and being his good graces and I wish they emphasized that more because it really just seems like you know he's a double agent but his regular job is just as a teacher but he hates it and so I wish they'd like emphasize that more <laughs> that he did not want to be a teacher he did not want to be there but the man clearly has trauma and it was very unfortunate that Harry had to look like James and have Lily's eyes and be their child. Yeah, Harry was just in a really bad situation. Yeah. Um, and something I want to talk about after we hear what Leanne thinks about Snape is what everyone thinks about Harry's dad. Oh, yeah. Well, on Snape, I think you make an interesting point with how um, he sees Lily in, in Harry, you know, like he or he likes his eyes because of her. Because I think that's something that actually kind of happens to Harry a bit in this series. Like, you know, Sirius was like really attached to him because of his connection to James. I think a lot of people see him as an extension of his parents that were lost. And so I think uh, like, even though it is really like odd seeming of Snape to do that, I think that obviously they make a point that James and Lily meant a lot to a lot of people. So their deaths were very like, traumatizing to a lot of these wizards and that's why so many people treat Harry weird because that's the last thing they have to hold on to for their connection to these characters I think that I was really rooting because I honestly like I told you I had no idea how the story was going but I I had it feeling in my soul that Snape was definitely not the evil thing that that he was supposed to be portrayed to be like I knew that he wasn't just some death eater like I figured the whole time he was a double agent who was actually crossing Voldemort. Because, like, even though everything he did was really mean, I just saw him as a really good actor. Like, he's playing a role of a double agent. Like, if he was going around Hogwarts and being good to the students and stuff, do you think Voldemort would have questioned his allegiance? Like, oh, like, he's, yeah, he's at the school, but, like, he's being, he's being good to everyone. Like, I don't, I think Voldemort would have saw right through him if he hadn't played his character so well. I mean, he literally killed Dumbledore at the end to like try and prove his allegiance. And I think that the kind of extremes that Snape displayed, even though, yeah, he probably took enjoyment in it, right? Like a part, a part of him was happy to be able to protect Harry and like hold on to that part of Lily. But I bet a part of him was really happy that he could torture Harry because that was like torturing James. So it was like he was playing this battle in his head between he wanted to protect Harry for Lily's sake, but he hated James and that's, that DNA is in there too. And so I feel like he was just, he was like an actor and he was doing the best he could to act. But also, yeah, he took enjoyment in his role because that was his whole life. That's all he has left. Yeah. No, I can see that. That's a pretty good, like, you know, holistic view of like Snape the person, Snape the double agent and Snape the teacher. 
So what do you guys think of James? <laughs> I hate James. I, I don't think, think they talk about him enough. Like, I feel like they need to expose him more. Like, <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's so missed. He's so loved. But all we don't see anything about, like, how terrible and how much of a bully he is. Yeah, I think it's the James Potter is over party. Uh, cancel James Potter in 2020. Let's do that. Um, get it trending on Twitter. Okay, K-pop stands, do your thing. Yeah, I feel like it would have benefited because I think the movies didn't spend that much time discussing the Marauders and showcasing all of their relationships because for people I've watched it with who have not read the books or like noble lore they're just completely confused by everything in like the third movie because it just is like why are all these adults mad at each other do they know each other what's going on what's the beef and so I think I wouldn't be mad if there was a Marauders movie but I would hope it would show James as he is and I will say I'm probably biased to James I really dislike James but that might be because I really you love are Snape, Snape. <laughs> yes because I am Snape I'm Snape but I can definitely can understand an argument some people make that James probably was a bully as a child, but once he matured and got with Lily, he probably became a better person because he did fight for the light. He was fighting against Voldemort. So like he might've been a bad person to some, but it doesn't mean that at his core, he was the worst person. And I can concede that. Yeah, I don't think he's like the worst person either, but he definitely was a bully. And I think he definitely contributed to like why Snape turned out the way he did. <clears throat> like wasn't there like a whole scene like a flashback where he was like making fun he and um Sirius and I don't know if other people I don't think Lupin was involved in this he was probably like a bystander or something but um they were making fun of Snape and that was so ne unnecessary I don't know just because like you're the coolest person didn't doesn't mean that you have to go and like bring other people down but I guess this just like shows how much better Lily is compared to James and how she's like, she was capable of like changing him. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess this like helps me see why Snape is the way he is. And like, like, can you believe that like the person that you had like a crush on since you were really young um, decides to marry your bully, like your biggest yeah. tormentor? That's, that's, that has to be really rough. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. They, cause like Snape and Lily knew each other since they were children and grew up together in Spinner's End. And so like, you know, he really saw her as like the love of his life and also like his best friend and so yeah that is probably pretty I feel like any I feel like most people would probably be like feel some kind of way if their crush ended up marrying their like mortal enemy yeah and I I agree that we didn't get enough about James they gave us that background on James being a bully and stuff it, it conflicted Harry it added to the story but they didn't really like they didn't truly ever go back and give us some kind of redemption for James or like when did he change how exactly did he win Lily over like why would Lily go with this guy that she obviously hated in that scene that we saw over Snape like I don't know I didn't I didn't really like James much as a kid but also I can totally see that like we can't judge his entire character on how he acted as a kid because we don't, we never got that evolution. We never found out what happened to him next. We don't even know his full background. So like, was James just some spoiled kid or did he have some reason to be the way he was? Like not saying it would excuse his actions in any way, but like we, we saw that like Snape himself, even in school, he eventually started like, you know, he was, the, he was the, was the half blood prince. He was making these things to really hurt people. And he was, I don't know. He he definitely wasn't perfect either. Like, you know, Lily started getting mad at him because of who he was hanging out with. So it's like, did James ever have any kind of story to explain himself? 
or you know did Lily tap into that side of him and that's how they got together who knows but yeah I think it's like I I feel nothing towards James like I like Snape a lot and I think Lily seems really cool but since we didn't get so much on James I kind of just brushed him off in my mind I'm like yeah that's technically like Harry's dad but like who cares we don't we don't know anything about him was he like a terrible person and Lily was just stupid in her last few years we don't know <laughs> the trauma her last to her. Years. <laughs> yeah, oh she was gosh. just like like fuck that I'll just be with this man but I think yeah I feel like a lot of fans have to like connect the dots for that because the only thing that I can like extrapolate is that he was a pureblood Sirius was a pureblood and that he was probably just really spoiled and he wasn't like full-on racist like you know the Malfoys but he probably because being a pureblood he probably was like very conceited and arrogant and that's why he was like a little bit of a bully but I don't know I guess the only positive thing that I saw from James was like his relationship with Sirius because you definitely see how that impacts um Sirius like as an adult like once he gets out of Azkaban and he's with Harry again like he doesn't treat Harry like his godson he treats Harry like he's James and that he like you were saying earlier like everyone love James and Lily so much that you can see the trauma in them and through extension how they interact with Harry so I thought that was the most interesting thing about James is that Sirius loved him so much like a brother that he would overlook Harry's whole personality and identity just because he wanted James back so badly. That's a good point I think uh, Sirius was an interesting character just because like we find out later on in the series that he came from a family of like essentially death eaters and he he wasn't like that so I yeah I think that he was an interesting character but I wish I wish we were given a little bit more about James like even through him like it would have been cool to have learned stuff about James through Sirius as opposed to just the fact that he was obviously obsessed with his old best friend because they could have both just been terrible people who were obsessed with each other who knows (laughs) (laughs) we'll never know in conclusion I think Snape was a good person and he was doing the best he could in his role yeah and I, I mean, there are a lot of, like, different factors that made him the way he is. So he was just unlucky. Yeah. I definitely think, like, if you look at it, like, at his core, it's not like he was, like, predominantly evil or else he wouldn't have, like, devoted his entire life to being a double agent who died in the end. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So do you all want to say anything about your houses? Because we've talked about houses, but we haven't really said much about it. Because that was a that was a big part of the end of the book. Like, you know, houses didn't matter quite as much anymore, at least from my understanding. That's how it was. I get very annoyed because I feel like JK has very large anti-Slytherin sentiment. And that shows very clearly. And I was most upset about it in the last book slash last movie because it's just like they just paint all the Slytherins with the same brushstroke and I get it the majority it's not a big school there's not a lot of students most of their parents are Death Eaters but they kind of skip over the fact that when they send all the Slytherins to the dungeons because none of them really want to fight and that none of them are involved in the last battle and everyone's like rooting for the Slytherins to be thrown in the dungeons like I feel like there was that was a good opportunity to show the different sides of war and how it affects children because the Slytherins most of their parents are Death Eaters, and they obviously don't want to murder their parents or fight their parents, and so they're trying to stay neutral, even if they might feel some kind of way. Like, we don't know if the majority, like, some of them we know that they were, some of the Slytherins were racist, but others, you don't know if they were evil, so I think she really could have spent more time showcasing that the Slytherins are not all painted with the same brush, that all of them are not evil, and that there are good Slytherins, like Andromeda Tonks, she was a good Slytherin, like Narcissa has her good moments too as like a mom and so I think they really could have 
just shown that kids are affected by war when your parents are in war. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like she had a lot of opportunity there to like help make it better, like show that Slytherins aren't just like all the same terrible people. And like you also have to take into account how like when the Sorting Hat chooses your house, like um, they uh, like it also takes into account like the person what they want. And like say your whole family has always been Slytherin and you don't like totally subscribe to their ideals, but you're, you know that you're like under pressure to become a Slytherin you like ask to be a Slytherin instead of whatever the sorting house would have put sorting hat would have put you in. Like there 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 could be very well good people under pressure like in Slytherin. And I just think that they she had so much more of an opportunity to like develop that a bit more, but she didn't. I feel like I, I totally agree with that. Like the Slytherin thing at the end, like they didn't really have to it didn't have to be that way in the battle. And I feel like she kind of attempted to do that whole Slytherins can be good thing too in the last few moments of the book when the little when Harry's son is like what if I'm Slytherin and he's like oh like that's fine if you're Slytherin like the two best headmasters one was Gryffindor one was Slytherin like he was so brave and that was it that was she was like yep there we go Slytherin's got their redemption Slytherin's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's fine Yeah, and honestly, I find it kind of disappointing that there's, I mean, obviously the series revolves around some main characters that are all Gryffindors. So, like, we're most familiar with that house. And then Slytherins do get a lot of attention in the series, though it's mostly negative attention. I feel like I hardly know anything about Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw from the books alone. Like, I feel like they get brushed off so hard. Like, there's really not, like, there are characters who become somewhat significant in those houses, but the representation of those houses, it's like, it's totally whack. Like, you, they might as well have not been in the story because they were just kind of the shadow houses on the side. I'm just sad as a Ravenclaw not to have seen more in the series. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like, I feel like the only things we know about the houses are that, like, the Hufflepuffs, like, live by the kitchen and the Ravenclaws <laughs> are super smart. And that's all we know, really. Like, we, we don't know anything. And I feel like yeah, you're right. Like, it, the whole series is really centered around Gryffindor and Slytherin and, like, all the house cup matches. I mean, like you said, Gina, it is told from the perspective of Harry, and, like, I guess that's what's most important to him, his own house and his enemies. Even little things, like, because it's really interesting, because it seems like, from my understanding, that a lot of people in the fandom are Hufflepuffs. Like, a lot of people identify as Hufflepuffs, even though they don't get a lot of love in the books and movies and even like the Hufflepuffs are good finders thing I don't think that came from the book I'm pretty sure that I forget what that came from it didn't come from the book I don't know where it yeah. came from either I don't know if it was a very Potter musical or if it was like something like online that started but yeah a lot of people really like Hufflepuffs so it's really interesting how even though they get the least love in the books and movies they have a lot of merch and a lot of people do identify as Hufflepuff. Like even my brother identifies as Hufflepuff. Yeah, it's because it's Hufflepuff. Helga Hufflepuff took the rest in the one that the ones that no one wanted. So I guess it makes sense. I guess that's just a testament to how good the world building was in Harry Potter because I feel like there's like with the houses especially, like there's a lot of stuff that existed in maybe the beginning of the series. We got to see a little bit more of it. And then it kind of obviously when the plot took over and it's like Voldemort and all this bad stuff happening in the ministry, like we lost a lot of stuff, but you still feel in touch with the world in a sense. Like like, you know, like I don't know, house points aren't really a thing by the end of the series, but it's still a part of the novelty of the series. Like the world building was just so good that like it kind of I don't know. 
I, I found this series very easy to read because once you started reading it, you really felt like you were in some place that probably exists because it just felt so real. So I feel like even though it's a shame that like Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff really just like, like Hufflepuff even less so than Ravenclaw, but Ravenclaw what? Like we had like two characters that made it into some of the books. Like I think people still can relate to their houses because the world feels real. So it's like, hey, we're just background characters. But I was and still am sad that there was no more Ravenclaw representation. What um, parts of you do you think are like Ravenclaw-esque? And same to you, Gina. What parts of you do you think are Slytherin? You want to start with that, Gina? I'm thinking. Sure. Okay, so maybe part of it had to do with I always rooted for the underdog. And since Slytherin was clearly like labeled as like the bad guys, I was like, they're the underdogs. And I know the same could be said for Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw, but I don't know. I just really identified with Slytherins. Um, I really liked their idea of like ambition because I don't think it's like a purely evil thing. Like I know the books just and trying to make it seem like, you know, there's good and evil. But I think like, you know, cunning and ambition is not a negative trait. And I really resonated with that. And I don't know. I cunning really is like- a pretty negative trait. Cunning? Would you want someone to be like, oh, Gina, that girl, she's so cunning. Yeah, I want people to say that I'm cunning. And then I want them to be afraid and be like, oh, snap. I mean, I think what I like about the description that we have from Ravenclaw and what I feel like kind of matches is like, it's all about like cleverness and wit and like creativity. And I think like, obviously everyone has a little bit of some of the houses in you, but it's like, what, what, what's that thing you're known for? Like if people think about you, what's the kind of first thing they'd think of, of you? And I think that like, I mean, I tried to make my like creativity my thing. So like when I got Ravenclaw, like when I took the test, at first I wanted Gryffindor just because I was like, they're the ones all over the series. Like I want to be in that house. But then when I got Ravenclaw, I was like, nah, that makes more sense. I think this description probably has more resignation within my actual characteristics. Like Gryffindor is cool and stuff, but I don't think I give that much of a shit about honor. About <laughs> <laughs> <I want> honor. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually, like before you told me you're a Ravenclaw, I genuinely would think that you're a Gryffindor. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not for the not for you the honor like that. part. Yeah, not for the honor part and like, you know, but I think just because you do have like a lot of loyalty to like your friends and that, you know, you're always down for like if someone's like, Hey, we're gonna go do this, you're like, Yeah, I'll go with you, man. Like so like I feel like that was like those are very Gryffindor traits. But it's like you said, I feel like everyone has like a little bit of all the house traits. So Adrian, I'm kinda curious what makes you Hufflepuff because I feel like you definitely you embody a lot of the brilliantness of Ravenclaw I don't know honestly I have no idea can anyone help me I don't think I'm like kind or anything I feel like I'm pretty mean honestly yeah you could that's why it's like you could be a Slytherin too she's not a Slytherin I don't think think Adrian's Slytherin I think you're you call yourself mean but also like I don't how when we first met and we started going to fountain together like every single night how many times did I sit there and like just tell you way too much about myself and you were really nice about it (laughs) you weren't like oh this creep please don't come back you were like so dinner tomorrow I think that a Hufflepuff is the only person that could get through that kind of conversation and then hang out again 
Although I think the Slytherin in Adrian is that, you know, she is like, I, she's always like, she doesn't want to be alone. So she's like, oh, I want someone to do something with me. So she'll like call me and be like, hey, what are you up to? Are you free? And I'll be like, yeah. And then she's like, come with me across campus because I don't want to walk by myself. Sorry, like, I try to involve <laughs> you in my life, Gina. Yeah, but I feel I like this is perspective I, right here. Yeah, maybe Adrian has to be a Hufflepuff because I for some reason, only attract Hufflepuffs as friends and family members for some reason. Maybe it's because of mystery. Because we don't get to know enough about Hufflepuff that, like, if you're kind of mysterious, you kind of fall in there. Because what, like, it's a little ambiguous. Yeah, Adrian is (laughs) mysterious, actually, so that makes sense. Anyway. (laughs) I mean, we did have one more question to talk about. I'm interested to see. This is Adrian's question. Um, so if you could take anything from the Harry Potter world, you know, we're talking, we got cloaks here, time turners, and we got the, the map, and there's all kinds of cool gadgets. What would you take out of the wizarding world, and what would you do with it? Okay, when I was younger, I really wanted a Marauder's map, like, so bad that, like, okay, weird story. I was on an airplane with my mom, and I was, like, looking at the Sky Mall catalog, I saw a Marauder's map and it was like one of those parchment things where it's like folded in and out and stuff. And I was like, this is so cool. I really want it. And my mom, I was like begging her for it. And she was like, okay, if you can write down a list of a hundred th- reasons why you'd like the Marauder's map, I'll get it for you. And on that plane ride, I did that and I never got it. <laughs> so I've always really wanted one. I don't know. I think it's just the fact that it's like old paper, like parchment, like the fact that you can see people what they're doing like where they are i think that's just really interesting to me especially since hogwarts is such a, like a big place and it, it would like move in front of you i just think that'd be really cool and then other than that i'd really if not for the marauders map a second thing i'd want like more for like use not like that i would like is a wand obviously so i can do things like to tele- teleport myself yeah i think the funny thing like just like a side tangent like my thing that was with the Marauders map is that map is that why when George and Fred had it for so long they could see Peter Pettigrew is on the map and they could see that Peter Pettigrew that's was, true his dot was on top of their brother Ron's dot wow. so why did they never question who this random person was with Ron okay maybe maybe you could explain this by just the fact that like they were just focused on wanting to leave or like wanting to play their pranks like they weren't trying to like track their brother you know or they never saw it conspiracy they saw it they knew it was going on the whole time but they just didn't want to be a part of the drama so they just left it alone yeah, they just thought that, they. I mean, the only thing I can say in their defense is maybe they just thought that Peter Pettigrew was, like, someone in Ron's ear because they didn't care to know all their names, and so they were just like, ah, oh, he's just with Peter Pettigrew again, whatever, or, you know, maybe they thought he was gay, and they were like, we're not gonna out our bro, we're just gonna, you know, protect <laughs> They him. probably, like, talked about it, they're like, should we confront him about this? Uh, maybe not. That's what I believe, but if I had to pick something, well, I don't know, like, I feel like, what Adrian said, like, with the Marauder's map, I feel like it goes towards, like, charms, like, I feel like, I don't know if I could pick an individual item, but I feel like if I had, like, to have something I could bring, it would be, like, charm work, because I feel like charm work is, like, really, really interesting, like, the clock that um, Molly Weasley has, and the fact that um, they can do, like, different spells to, like, 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 
to clean stuff, to organize stuff. I feel like I would always just be using cleaning spells to clean everything. That just sounds really boring and like an old person, but that's my life now. I just want my life to be easy. Oh, that's fun. I mean, if I could have anything, I would take the Deathly Hollow so I can conquer death. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't too late because Harry snapped that wand. Okay, well, I would actually take, uh, what is it called? Flow powder? Is that what it Blue is? Blue powder. Oh, Blue I powder? love that. Except you could get splinched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would take the powder because I can't drive. And then I'll save money because I won't have to travel. Like I just... Tw- the only downside is how many you people need a do you fireplace. Know have a chimney. Yeah, I'm like, what? Yeah, like, has a, I have one in my apartment, but I'm like, I'm probably gonna be limited to where I can go because maybe like maybe like a port key, one of those. You yeah, could just like, say, or you can operate. Yeah, you don't yeah. need to have anything else. You just learn how to operate, like you learn how to drive. Yeah, I mean, I'm once I have the Deathly Hollows, I'll be unstoppable. So even with traveling. <laughs> Somehow the Elder Wand will also help you transport. Of course it will. Can't I just do like some kind of like transporto? Because it's the most powerful wand. You could just make stuff up. Transporto. <laughs> transporto. <laughs> Wait, so does that mean you'd want to live forever? Because if you have the Philosopher's Stone, then like you wouldn't age like Nicholas Fulmile. Hmm. I'll just well, do what the cloak would. guy did. And like when I'm tired of it, I'll just walk away. Yeah. Oh, this is a side thing, but I'm pretty curious because, like, eventually James inherits the cloak, and then Harry inherits the cloak, which means that they have to be descended from the Prevel brother. So I'm really, I really wanted more information on that because that was really interesting. Yeah, I think didn't they say that? Like, I don't know if they were from Godric's Hollow, but like, didn't yeah. like they they lived there, and yeah, their graveyard had both of their gravestones if I'm remembering correctly so I feel like that is implied I mean and it makes sense because James is like pure blood yeah do you guys have any final thoughts any last I don't know points things you want to talk about in the series I would just say if you ever want to expand into the other things I would say the Fantastic Beasts there's a book I didn't read the book but I have like um I did like the first movie a lot avoid Cursed Child if you can because just eh but if you ever are really interested in watching a very Potter musical I think that is a very good cultural phenomenon that came from it although I will say it is very dated in a lot of the jokes but I think it really shows the best of like Harry Potter fandom age and it has Darren Chris in it so does it Yes, you didn't know that? That's how he got, like, really big, because he was, like, in, like, college theater, and he was, like, in Star Kid, and it's, like, really interesting, because a lot of, like, Harry Potter memes, like, carried over from Star Kid. What about you, Adrian? Do you have any last thoughts? No, other than (laughs) that I've, I just love the series. I think it's great, and I'm really glad you finally started reading it, and that you finished it, and now that you like it. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised and not to say i talked about this before on the podcast not to say that i went into this thinking that i really wouldn't like it but i i don't know why i had this in my head but when i was a kid i was always like i'm not a harry potter fan i'm a star wars fan and it just didn't occur to me that i could like both can't be both (laughs) like it really 
it was just one of those things where like I always said it like when people are like oh do you like Harry Potter I'm like no I'm a Star Wars fan and I don't know why I said like that was such a thing to me like I was like no 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 I, I can't give up my allegiance from Star Wars I think it's just because I knew a lot of people who didn't like Star Wars and liked Harry Potter which I know there's plenty of people who like both but like I just knew so many people who were like no Harry Potter is better than Star Wars and I was like in order to prove my allegiance I will not like Harry Potter <laughs> and so I, when I started reading it, I kind of went in with the notion that like, eh, maybe I won't like it, but like, I just got to see what all the hype's about. And I got really into it. Like, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It wasn't a job. It wasn't something I was doing for the podcast. Like, Except the fifth book. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. I liked it. I mean, the only thing I didn't like was how long the last few books were, because <laughs> I feel like I've been reading this series my whole life now. Overall, like, I think the book's were brilliant. I think they were great. I think I it's been a while since like I've read a book and been so into it as I was the last few books of this series. Like honestly, they've low key ruined me for a bit because I've tried reading about three different books since I finished those books 2 weeks ago and I have put each book down because they're not like they're not as exciting to me. So <laughs> that's a little bit of a shame, but it was kind of it was nice. It was nice being into the books. I was not into the movies at all. I don't think I'll be revisiting them, like, in my leisure time. Did you mean the movies? Yeah. Did I say books? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I just didn't get that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I think for some people, the movies, it's just easier. It's like, for me, it's just easier, and I just watched them more as a kid, so, like, that's easy for me, but I am, like, backfilling more in my head of everything they skip, so... That makes sense if you're not gonna, if you're like, eh, the movie's there. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I think it really just depends on how you watch the series. And obviously, like, I mean, maybe I will watch the movies at some point because it's easier to watch, like, a two-hour movie than it is to sit down and read a book for seven hours. Yeah. Um, But I do think that, yeah, like, having my introduction be the books, I think it's easy when you're watching them and then, like, literally sitting there, like, read the book, watch the movie, read the book, watch the movie, when you're doing that, yeah. it's easy to, like, overjudge the movies, I think. So I don't mm. think the movies are bad in their own right, but the books are, I think they're a better experience. I'm really glad I read the series. Yeah, I think it was a, a fun time, and I'm excited to watch way too many videos about, like, fan theories and oh, read fan yeah. fiction. Wait, I'll send you my fanfic list, but also, I mentioned earlier at the beginning, we didn't get into it, but I'll talk about, I'll send you a video later, it's about, um, there's you, there's a lot of videos, and someone did a video essay on how the, how magic sounds in Harry, in the Harry Potter movies, and how the sound of magic evolved over time, so there's a lot of information online about Harry Potter stuff, and a lot of people like to do, like, deep analysis of Harry Potter. Yeah, Gina's a good person to ask about all that. I think she does, yeah. like, a lot of external reading. Yes. But the only last thing I would add is that I think it's really interesting that you read this series like as an adult because I think I would honestly recommend like if if there's like a YA series that someone hasn't read, I always recommend trying it as an adult because for me that was the Hunger Games and the Divergent trilogy. Like I was such a hipster in middle school and high school that I just didn't read them um like pure spite to be a hipster and now I read them this summer during quarantine and I was just like oh like I actually really enjoyed them yeah I also agree like I mean I think I think if if you are like me and you haven't seen the Harry Potter series then well I'm sorry that you watched this whole thing because you probably just got it all spoiled for you (laughs) but if you haven't like definitely try it out I thought it was really it was good. It was, I, it's so hard to like say more than that. Cause like, I really wasn't expecting much out of this, but it's one of the best like worlds that I've delved into. And I mean, I just don't read that much. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a part of it, but also 
I think it, it was really well written. I think there's some interesting books. There's only one book that I mean, we all talked about it, Order of the Phoenix, that was kind of like stood out as not being one of the best, but I could see why this series got so popular. I could see why it's so big. And I think that if you are like someone who likes fan fictions and someone who likes to dig deeper into stories, like there's so much extra content you could get into once you get into Harry Potter, especially because like I mentioned at the beginning, like there's literally entire like Harry Potter lands. Like you can get, you can get so into this series and you could take it for your whole life and run. So like, I don't know. I think that's, uh, I think it's cool when series are like, really popular like that and like there's a lot of fans because you can be on the books like when the books are over you can still enjoy the story and get further into it but yeah that's it that's all i have to say thank you all for being on today thank you for having thanks us thanks for having us it was very fun thank you for watching and until next time stay safe